What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by Ann Gannon. She's the founder and principal at the Largo Group based out of Boston and Orlando, because who wants to be in Boston in the winter? Uh, it's an accounting and bookkeeping company for businesses. They do some incredible stuff. They work with restaurants. Uh, Ann, so glad that you're with us today. And yeah, I got to ask, do you do like you know, winters in Orlando and <laughs> I <Boston>? wish, no, no. <laughs> I have kids. So no. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, I've always said, so I've got three kids, one on the way. And I've always said kids ruin 90% of life and make up for it a hundred fold with the other yes. 10%, you know? Yes. Oh yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> so first of all, tell us a little more about Largo group and, uh, and how you're prepping for tax season. Whew. Right. Um, no, so the Largo Group is, um, you know, sort of the idea behind the Largo Group was to do things differently. I grew up uh, first, I grew up playing fre- uh, golf, was a professional golfer for a year, and then uh, went back to school for accounting, but always just was, lo- I loved the entrepreneur journey. I had met so many entrepreneurs along the way when I was playing competitive golf. And when I got into an accounting firm, I realized that my journey had been so different, right? Like I had never really thought I was going to end up as an accountant. And whereas most of the people in the accounting firm had always been around accountants. And so what I noticed was that, you know, the way the traditional accounting model is set up does not work for the entrepreneur business owner because there's just a lost set of expectations, right? On the accountant side, I mean, they literally are paid to spend the least amount of time on your return and get the most money for it. And on the business owner side, you know, their expectation is, oh, I have this accountant, they'll be able to help me. And that really is not how that model is set up because you're under this deadline and there's, you know, you just, you have a million things on your desk and just go, go, go. And while the, you know, that gets a good tax return, so many times when I was at this firm, it's like, well, this this business lost money. Like, are we going to tell them anything? Are we going to say anything? <laughs> like, we're just sending it back and we're not going to do anything about that. And it's like, it's so foreign to the accountant, right? Because in their world, it's like, well, the return's done. It's, it's fine. And you're like, well, yeah, but this is someone's business. So very quickly realized, like, I'm just not going to fit in this yeah. <laughs> model. But I really think that if done correctly, this could be something that has a value add. So the idea behind the Largo Group was... You know, Largo means methodical approach in music. So the idea that like we are going to have a methodical approach, we're going to be involved throughout the year. And so by the time we get to the tax return, yes, we're still going to have this deadline, but we already know so much about your business that we've dealt with like any of the, you know, strange things or opportunities to fix things so that at the end of the day, there is a value add to the business owner. So love that, that. you know and and there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities between golf and accounts i mean both you're trying to like fudge your numbers right, <laughs> and, right. <laughs> no i shot an 89 <laughs> for sure not a 123 right. right and you just need to pay someone enough to you know you pay the uh, other people to force them enough to you know agree with you right, right. yes um well what are, what are some common mistakes that you see restaurants making with taxes I mean, I think the first is 
really taking the time to make sure then the numbers that you're looking to use for the tax return are correct. And I know that sounds like, well, that's so basic, but in restaurant, what makes restaurant accounting so hard is that numbers are just thrown at you, right? Like you have a point of sale system and that's what your management team's using. That's what, you know, you as the owner are using to measure your, you know, company on a weekly basis. But how many times do we check to make sure that that top revenue line matches the point of sale system. And as basic as that sounds, I would say 60% of the time they don't match. The bookkeeper doesn't know there's a point of sale system or doesn't oh. look at the point of sale system. They're just looking at cash deposits. So if you didn't deposit all your cash, but your cash deposits also include your tips, right? Which are not revenue to you. So fundamentally, restaurant accounting is hard. And I think as a business owner, you have to look at it as your bookkeeper's not wrong, but if we don't take the time to build a good foundation, those numbers are always going to be wrong. Like there's no chance of them being right because I guarantee the top number is wrong. So it may net to the same, which is, you know, in the accounting world, the other thing where there goes back to expectations your accountant is not going to care what's on your P&L. The accounting world is built on the balance sheet, right? At the end of the day, they just want to make sure that your balance sheet matches and it's in balance, right? They yeah. don't, they yeah. really don't care about how it's categorized, if it's supplies or paper, like they, does that matter to them? Because in the accounting world, in the tax world, it's all about the balance sheet. If I have the balance sheet right, then I know I filed a correct return. But that's where it goes back to expectation. As a business owner, if you want better information, it really comes down to you building the foundation and you taking ownership. Because I think the other common mistake is in restaurants, you can't just outsource your accounting, right? Like you have to know mm. these numbers. Like, and I say that as someone who offers outsourced accounting, but my approach with my clients is I still want you involved, right? Like, yes, we might put in the transaction. We might do the data entry. We might, you know, do our accounting thing, but you need to know these numbers every week. And I need your input to tell me if I wrote a check and it just didn't clear or my rent gets paid here. Like I need your set of eyes yeah. because you're there every day. I'm not going to know everything. So that's where our approach is really collaborative, right? Like it's not that I'm going to yell and you're going to yell and like we're going to fight, <laughs> but it's we're going to work together, your knowledge and my knowledge, and we're going to get to a better result. So what are some, what what size of restaurant group do you, or restaurant do you tend to work with? What, who, who do you feel like needs the most help and where do you feel like is uh, your sweet spot? I mean, for us, you know, I think um, when you have one location, you know, it you could maybe get by doing it by yourself. I still think at any size, there's, you know, value add to, to using us, but, you know, you could maybe get it to work out. I think when you start to get into multi-unit, when you start to get into growth mindset, you know, you're trying to expand, you're doing, you know, a build out, you're doing two build outs, you're, you know, that's where tax really becomes a good discussion. Because if you're doing a build out this year, you know, and your other business is profitable or you have other income, I mean, there's a tax savings there. So talking about it and, you know, working that through, you can really make sure that you're proactive and knowing that there's a tax savings there versus, you know, the surprise at the end of the year. So I really think, you know, any size, really needs this. But like I said, I think it's just coming up with the understanding first that at any size company, you know, this takes time just like any other part of your business. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense because it's it's one of those things where 
it's a necessary evil for a lot of people, right? It's it's not an exciting thing. It's not why I got into the business. It's not why I care about restaurants. Um, but I do want to make money. I don't want to get sued by the you know by someone. I don't want to get fined by the IRS. But really, I want to create a great guest experience for people, right? And one of the things that was interesting uh, doing more research on you is that you really do care about the clients, you know, and this is in what historically is a, okay, let's get the accounting nerd to do the numbers <laughs> and I'll meet with them once a year for an hour. And then I don't talk to them again. And I think there's a lot of parallels between your approach to customer loyalty and satisfaction and in the hospitality. So talk to me a little bit about your philosophy around the guest experience and in your case, the customer experience. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, my, um, you know, love of hostility, entrepreneurship, you know, really stems from my dad was an entrepreneur growing up. And um, when I was in middle school, his business failed. And watching that process, which really took, you know, two years to recover. And then, I mean, financially, our family was never the same. And, you know, he really carried that with him for the rest of his life and ended up, you know, dying young. Um, And when, I had always cared about the entrepreneur, but when COVID hit, something changed in me. I mean, I'd always been caring. I'd always loved my clients. It was fun to learn about them, been curious. But when COVID hit and we were, you know, we were as exposed as anyone, we were 90% restaurants um, as a company and we have a monthly model with no contracts. So I wasn't sure in April, 2020, if we would survive. But even beyond that, I was I actually ended up, you know, my mom lives in Florida. So as soon as it, the writing was on the wall that school was going to get canceled, I flew to Florida with my kids and just kind of had her do the school stuff because it was crazy for us. And it was tax season, you know, oh but I remember sitting in her house and just thinking, I am not going to let these people fail because I know what failure looks like. And there were a lot of people in hospitality that were telling people, walk away, get out of your lease. You know, it's not worth it. It'll never come back. And to me, I knew that this is their life, right? This isn't just a financial decision. This is their life. This is their identity, right? If you're not a business owner, I mean, that is, that will affect you. And closing is not going to happen on my watch. And I just immediately was like, no, like we are going to figure this out together. We transitioned our whole model to weekly because it was like, I need to find a way to get to the owner and make sure that they understand what I'm saying, right? And I'm not someone, I hate the stigma of people who think they'll never understand accounting. To me, accounting is a skill. It's just like cooking, right? Like if you want to learn to cook, you're going to learn how to cook. And in that moment, I had to make sure that people understood and could see how to get through this, right? How to see the forest and the trees. And so we transitioned to a weekly model and we just what, built- What do you mean like, by weekly model? So we ended up, we were like, we're going to send you a report every week just showing you last week because it was too much to look at a month and it really didn't matter, right? If I'm going to send you, hey, here's how March 2020 went, (laughs) you're going to be like, Anne, 
<laughs> Please do not send me that report. Like I am going to yell at you. So, but if I could send you how last week went, you could find things, right? You could see, yeah. well, like maybe my delivery went up a little last week, or I could at least find a break-even point. Like, hey, I need you need to have twenty thousand in sales to make this work, or you need you know fifteen in sales before you have to lay anyone else off. Like all of those things, you know, that weekly model was something that it made people be able to feel like, okay, I can make a difference, right? I, next week can be better than this week. I had one client who literally, like we got, I mean, he think he was down to like 30% of what his revenue had been in the prior year. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to get to 75% by the end of the year. And like every week we tracked, like, all right, you're at 40. Here we go. We're at 50. And, and he got there, but it was like, you know, just finding a way to us all being on the same team became so important. And to me, it was just, you know, I just think that there's so much you have invested in your business and there's no reason why your business can't be successful. And I think by looking at it as there's nothing you're doing wrong. If you, if you hate accounting, I get it. <laughs> we all do at times, <laughs> but you have to find a way to understand the numbers because they are what keep your doors open. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I joke a lot about accounting because I actually worked at PwC for three years. I know. I mean, granted, I was on the cool side of PwC. I was one of the consultants, uh, nice. but we we did have to occasionally eat lunch with the accountants, you know, when they... <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but it, it was the the numbers it's so critical and at at ovation for example i'm the you know i'm the finance guy they they joke that i'm the ceo the chief excel officer because i always have our finances <laughs> up and at the end of you know the beginning of every single month look back and i literally look at every single transaction and any transaction over over like $50 i get immediate alerts because at the end of the day we're not paying people with burritos. We're not paying people <laughs> with smiles or with pats on the back. We're paying people with money, right? right? And if that money doesn't hit the bank, doesn't matter what's in the point of sale. Doesn't matter what you think you sold. Doesn't matter what your anything. Nothing else matters. No. And and at the end of the day, we need to take care of our people, and our people are our guests and our and our employees, and we can't do that without money and the the money that we're getting we we, we got to make sure it's accurate and i think it's so nice when you're maybe a one location shop and you're like well hey i just go off of like what's in the bank and like i i get it but there's so many things that you can be doing better yeah. and smarter and by paying a little bit of money to someone to help you you could be making more money in the bank yes. and that's one of the that's one of the things where it's it's often hard, especially with a single location unit, because they're hustlers, right, Anne? <laughs> they've, they've done it themselves. They're in that grind. They're the ones fighting with Cisco and they're the <laughs> ones behind the grill. And so with accounting, sometimes it's hard to like let go of that. Uh, but I'm telling you, a, a, a little bit of sweat saves a lot of blood, you know? Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, really looking at it as, like you said, what could it be, right? Like as, you know, as much as you're hustling, as much as it's like, ah, you know, I'm just, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. Like I feel stuck, you know, so many times just by taking that step back and 
building a budget. And if that seems too overwhelming, like I said, a weekly, a weekly target, like what would it look like for you to make an extra $500 a week or a thousand dollars a week? I bet you it's less work than you think. It's little tweaks. It's a little more in sales. It's, you know, watching your purchases or, you know, little things. And I think the mo- the momentum factor in accounting is so important that if you can start to see that these are controllable costs, right? And you control, like you said, guest experience, you control revenue to some extent, if you're doing promos or advertising, like there are things that you control on both sides. But, you know, if you can see a little bit of a win, I think it helps you to naturally buy in to to setting the next target and and so forth. Now, uh, one of the things I'd love to get your thoughts on is like, who who deserves a, an ovation in the restaurant industry? Who Who is someone that we should be following? Oh, and I would say the I would say the independent business owner is the winner in uh, you know because I think what um, you know I mean I think the the leaders in the industry are great I mean I love you know really listening to you know some of the top CEOs we go out to the restaurant leadership conference every year you know I think it's oh you're going to be so, at RLC in Phoenix uh, yes are you going to be there how have we never seen each other there <laughs> really. Oh, are you kidding me? That's like one of my favorite shows. I mean, oh my one God, of my, right? one like, of just my like top 30 favorite shows that I go to every year is RLC. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I love, like, I'm a sponge. I have my notebook. I mean, I love listening to like those that have done it because I think it's whatever size you are, it's so important to see that like the big guys aren't perfect. I think a lot of times when you're a one location or you're just starting out, it's easy to be like, well, I mean, look, they got everything for they know, but they don't, right? They struggle to find managers just like everyone else. They struggle with food costs just like everyone else. I mean, if you went, I'm sure to one of their internal meetings, you would see that there's no such thing as a perfect company. I think the biggest difference between the big guys and, you know, even, you know, some of the bigger groups that are RLC is that they have this inner belief that they're going to figure it out, right? Like they know it, you know, this might be a bad day. Something inevitably is going to get thrown my way that I wasn't expecting, but they know that they're going to figure it out and they believe in their brand, right? They know that their company is awesome. I mean, whether it is or isn't, that's, you know, I think what really sets apart you know, the big guys and, you know, successful groups from as an independent, it's so easy to be hard on yourself to be like, well, I don't have, you know, I don't have those resources. I don't have this or, you know, I get charged more because, you know, I don't buy as much from Cisco. And that all might be true, but I think it is a mindset thing where like, if you see the good and you see what you've already built, right? It's easier to keep it going. And, you know, what's standing between you and them? I would say a lot of it is belief. Well, and uh, the Largo group. I mean, a lot of... So speaking of which, how do people find and follow you and the Largo group? Yeah, so check out our website, thelargogroup.com. We offer uh, free courses. We have a new cash flow course that we're launching this month. Um, it's all about simplifying the way that you understand your cash flow um, and then on social media. Awesome. Well, and for balancing the books of advice today, uh, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us on Give an Ovation. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. 
Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.